0: Everything's changed forever. A revolution to create the future. And the future is pro wrestling. So, are you ready? Welcome to the Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast. A show by and for all wrestling fans. Whoever you cheer for, whatever you support, we are pro wrestling. We are the angle. MJF has everyone on their heels. Survivor Series shaping up to be WWE's best pay-per-view of the entire year and how Rusev Day has become doomsday. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another edition of The Angle. I am your host Joey Carney and we are coming off from what was an exciting weekend in pro wrestling. We had Several events from Impact Wrestling, we had AEW's Full Gear event, all of which have proved why these companies deserve to be in the spotlight. Now we are going to jump into these things in a little while, but what I want to start off with is what we saw on Friday Night SmackDown, because there is a few things we need to comment on. We have new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The New Day, Big E and Kofi Kingston getting it done for a seventh time, defeating The Revival, becoming the new tag team champions now there is a lot of ideas swirling around why this occurred uh swirling around as to what will happen next regarding the new day there was a lot of rumors before uh xavier woods got hurt that there would be a heel turn that there would be some sort of shift in the new day and that's what i want to talk about right now it is no question that kofi Kingston has had one of the best years of his entire career Now, I posted it on Twitter last week or so, but I consider Kofi to be a contender for Superstar of the Year, and this is exactly why. At the start of 2019, Kofi Kingston was not designed or even put in line to be a contender for the WWE Championship, let alone ever being WWE Champion in his career. Kofi Kingston got over in a way that most superstars don't ever get to experience. Most superstars only wish that they can have The year that Kofi Kingston has had. Huge matches on Friday Night SmackDown. Huge matches, for example, at Elimination Chamber, going to the final two, despite losing. Going to the final two for the WWE Championship. Fighting and clawing through a small storyline with the McMahons to get his way to WrestleMania. To going on to having what I believe to be the match of the entire year at WrestleMania 35, the WWE Championship match between Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. Kofi going on to win the WWE Championship, having probably the greatest WrestleMania moment in history. Winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania with his New Day brethrens by his side, his family sitting at ringside, his children coming into the ring, holding up the title, everyone crying, commentators crying, Everyone's saying daddy did it. It was a moment that you can't replicate it. You can't do anything to make it seem like it wasn't real. Kofi having, like I said, the greatest WrestleMania moment in history. From there, he went on to defend that title consistently, whether it was on SmackDown, whether it was on Raw, on pay-per-views. Live events, whatever that man had to do, he defended that title. He defended it in with honor and pride and dignity all the way going back to his home country, proving why he deserves to be at that top spot. I could sit here all day long and talk about the year Kofi Kingston has had. But at the end of the day, he deserves to be at least a contender for Superstar of the Year. And not many people are talking about that. Obviously, the travesty that happened losing the title in nine seconds to Brock Lesnar kind of getting lost in the fray there in the tag team division but finding their way back closing out the year as a tag team champion, Kofi Kingston going most of 2019 as a champion only proves like I said to be a contender for superstar of the year. Now with Xavier Woods out and Big E and Kofi holding down the fort on the with the new day. Does this lead to a heel turn when Xavier Woods returns? going along the lines of the the New Day did just fine without him, him feeling jealous that he was not a part of the glory. But that's a long shot because he's got a long road to recovery, about eight months to a year or so, which leads me to then think, well, will Big E turn on Kofi, which seems more likely just because Kofi has had a fantastic year. Xavier Woods is out of the picture. Big E has kind of been left in the background He was injured a little bit during uh, Kofi's title run. Big E deserving to be in a top heel spot. Hasn't really been there. Kind of at the beginning of his career with Dolph Ziggler and Cena he was. But from there on, he never really got the opportunities that I feel he deserved. So the more than likely storyline to come about from this is that Kofi maybe loses the tag team titles for his team. Big E turning on Kofi. Kofi kind of going back on his own. Big E going on his own. And kind of, you know, letting things settle until Xavier Woods comes back. Now, I would love to see a Big E heel turn. uh, Do a little feud between Big E and Kofi for a little while. Let Let the dust settle with that. And then when Xavier Woods comes back in a year or so, tries to reunite the New Day after having... Uh, Kofi on his own after establishing Big E yet again on his own, bringing the new day back together, almost like a shield reunion type thing. Bringing the new ba- new day back together, bigger, stronger than ever. I would love to see that storyline go down. Now we also have to think about that there n- will be nothing like this to happen with the new day. It's just gonna stay the way it is. Kofi Kingston and Big E keep the tag team titles. They stay the New Day until Xavier gets back. And none of what I just said happens. I would love to see the storylines I just discussed. And I know a lot of other people would too. But we have to remember who we're dealing with here. We're dealing with WWE creative. <laughs> and they don't always give us... Let me scratch that. They don't. They never give us what we want. Now there's something else regarding Kofi Kingston and the New Day I do want to discuss. And that is... How Kofi Kingston is always so happy, so positive. And I'm not saying that being positive or being happy is a bad thing. That's exactly what I was trying not to say. But after all that's been done to him thus far, overcoming the McMahons early, earlier in the year, becoming W champion, losing that championship in the most extremely awful way possible, Still being excited about that. Can this backfire on Kofi? Like it has Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins going through a shitty period of his career. And the fans turning on him because of the cheesy character he's been playing. Could that possibly happen to Kofi Kingston? Could Kofi possibly turn heel because of that? There is a lot of possibility with Kofi Kingston with the New Day, which is why I love that team So that's something else to uh, think about But overall, I'm excited to see what happens with the New Day. I just am something else. I'm wondering uh, What happens next for the revival? Did they not ex- sign an extension? Did they not sign a new contract like everybody reported months ago. Are they possibly on their way out of WWE or is this just part of a storyline To make people believe that they are. Like they did last time. Uh, Will they regain the tag team titles. Before Survivor Series. Placing them back in that triple threat tag team match. Uh, There's a lot of. Questioning around the Revival. Because they haven't necessarily been booked. The best way possible. Maybe they go back down to NXT. NXT is kind of in need of some tag teams right now so maybe we see the revival go back down to nxt if they are to stay in wwe i think that would be the best thing for them being former raw tag team champions being former smackdown tag team champions being former two-time three-time nxt tag team champions they are the triple crown tag team champions in wwe so for them to go back to nxt and help no pun intended, but revive the tag team division in NXT, I think, honestly, that's the best move for them. Overall, the tag team division is heating up. It's kind of interesting, especially on SmackDown, which leads me to another oddly enticing dynamic, and that is Sami Zayn and the current Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. I said weeks ago, months ago, that this storyline with Shinsuke and Sami is possibly leading to a face turn for either or, uh, and obviously an Intercontinental Championship between the two. I would love to see Sami Zayn turn face against Shinsuke Nakamura, become Intercontinental Champion, something that I think his uh, career needs. Sami being in WWE for... A few years now not having many opportunities at the top let alone a title and not even holding a title which is surprising because this guy is so over either as a face or as a heel i love what he does uh, his promos on specifically this friday night smackdown the consistent backstage segments regarding daniel bryan i think proved his passion his love and everything that he's been through with the WWE, I think that he's just so, I don't know, he's just doing such a great job. The promos were just exciting, and they felt real, and I don't know. I just love what they're what Sami Zayn is currently doing. I would love to see him either uh, turn face against Shinsuke or even have Shinsuke turn face and go against a heel uh Sami Zayn. But either way, I do want to see Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn again because we saw that back in NXT. I want to see it on Raw or SmackDown and for the Intercontinental Championship. I want to see Sami Zayn end up being a champion in the WWE. Speaking of champions in the WWE, The Fiend, the new Universal Champion, Bray Wyatt, claiming his first victim as... Champion on SmackDown, on Friday Night SmackDown. Attacking Daniel Bryan during a Sami Zayn segment on Friday Night SmackDown. Now, I don't like this idea just yet. And let me explain to you why. They are teasing Sami Z- uh, Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship at Survivor Series. And this is why I don't like the idea. Not that he needs it, but if Wyatt needs a quick feud to kind of legitimize his title run, title run, to get his reign over... Like I said, which he doesn't need. Uh, But just to give him a win, a a quick feud under his belt, it should not be against someone who actually should be the champion. It should be someone who can take the loss. Someone like Roman Reigns. Someone like The Miz. Someone like Braun Strowman who can legitimize his title run yet take the loss and make him look stronger than ever. Daniel Bryan is not that person just because Daniel Bryan... After the couple weeks he's had in that match against Adam Cole on Friday Night SmackDown two weeks ago, I think that WWE, I think fans overall, everyone overall, has a a new light for Daniel Bryan. I think that he's been kind of forgotten about with that storyline that he was involved in with Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns. I think they kind of lost track of who the hell Daniel Bryan actually is, and that is one of the greatest wrestlers of our generation, one of the best current wrestlers on the roster today, and why he deserves to be a champion once again. Now, this could also lead to the idea that maybe they want Bryan to be in this match against Bray Wyatt just to show how much he really deserves to be champion. Maybe he takes the loss at Survivor Series, and... Gain some momentum going into 2020 possibly another title picture possibly leading to a Royal Rumble win Going back to WrestleMania to regain the WWE or Universal Championship. I don't see this uh, Ending any other way than Daniel Bryan once again being the champion of his brand now I know I'm jumping ahead here, but I do want to talk about the 2020 Royal Rumble because right now, there are not too many picks I can say that I can possibly see win the match. Now, my current picks for the SmackDown side, Daniel Bryan. Hands down, the only person on the roster that I can say has a shot at winning is Daniel Bryan. Now, on the Raw side, we do have a couple of contenders that I can say that I could win. We have Kevin Owens, who after the year he's had, How over he's been and how I feel like he's been held back. Kevin Owens deserves to win the the Royal Rumble. Go on to face whoever for the championship at WrestleMania. I would love to see Kevin Owens win the Royal Rumble. Go on to WrestleMania and stun the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Win the WWE Championship. That man would be so over. It would be incredible. Incredible. I know a lot of other people would love to see that too. Now we also have the contender in Drew McIntyre. Maybe a heel Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble, plows his way through the competition to WrestleMania, plows through Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. And that's kind of where we see Drew McIntyre become the big dog, not taking anything away from Roman Reigns, but the biggest monster on Monday Night Raw and in the WWE. Like I said, these are not reports. These are just ideas that I have. Right now, regarding what the future holds for WWE in 2020, Daniel Bryan, I can see winning the Royal Rumble. Kevin Owens, I can see winning the Royal Rumble. Drew McIntyre, I can see winning the Royal Rumble. Now, another question remaining is, will NXT be involved in the Royal, in the Royal Rumble? Because if NXT were to be involved in the Royal Rumble, automatically, there's two picks I can see winning. That's one, Velveteen Dream, and two, Finn Balor. So that's just another take to look at if NXT were to be involved in the Royal Rumble, which I doubt they will be, but we are seeing them involved in Survivor Series this year. So, And now they're being labeled as just another brand in the WWE, not just developmental, not just being under the main roster. So a lot of questions revolving around the future of WWE in 2020. Now, today's show is not all going to be about WWE. I just want to finish up WWE's segment by talking about what we saw on Monday Night Raw last night. It was not live. Either was Friday Night SmackDown. Both taped shows. Spoilers were put out. I watched them anyway, just because I did want to see some things uh, less than majority of the show I want to watch. But that's besides the point. Monday Night Raw is done. We see a stacked team for Monday Night Raw. It was teased that the, the team would be Seth Rollins, the Street Profits, and Kevin Owens because they uh, made the save for Seth against Imperium. But the team now is Seth Rollins, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and Kevin Owens. This is a stacked team, ladies and gentlemen. Randy Orton has to be watched that match. He has a history of winning these matches. He also has a history of turning on people, but the biggest part of this match we need to watch. There's actually two in this team. We obviously have Randy Orton, who can turn at any time and win the match. We have Drew McIntyre, who can destroy everyone and win the match for his team. But something like I've been talking about over recent weeks, Seth Rollins can possibly turn on his team, costing Team Raw the match, leading to another heel turn, Which I think is the best thing for him at this point. He's just getting booed out the fucking building. He needs something to revive his character. A heel turn is just that. I personally think that it's going to come down to the final few. And maybe uh, Seth turns on someone on, on, on Raw. Maybe he turns on Randy Orton. Because now we see, after last night, Randy Orton as a face. Maybe we see Randy Orton and Seth come down to the final two. And Seth curb stomps. He stomps the hell out of Randy Orton, letting SmackDown or NXT get the win. Now, if NXT were to get the win, I can't see Seth being a heel. It doesn't work. You need someone. You need Seth to cost someone. You need Seth to cost to face the match against a heel. So what I think is going to happen, just because SmackDown has zero momentum going into this thing on in two weeks at Survivor Series, I think Seth is going to cost. Someone on his team, most likely Randy Orton, leading to a heel, probably a fucking Baron Corbin on Team SmackDown to get the win for Team SmackDown. That seems the most legitimate and the best way to get more heat on uh, Baron Corbin to get to let SmackDown gain some momentum. uh, And for Seth Rollins to turn heel and go into a feud with Randy Orton... uh, Going into 2020, which I think would be the best thing for him. I just got really excited talking about that because that's exactly what I would want to see. Now, if you agree or you don't agree, let me know. Tweet me at the angle radio. I want to know exactly what you're ta- what you're thinking regarding everything I've said thus far with the new day, with Randy Orton, with Seth Rollins, with the Royal Rumble, with Daniel Bryan. There is a lot of questions, a lot of exciting things to come from this. So let me know at the angle radio what you're thinking last part of Monday Night Raw I want to talk about. <sighs> I don't really want to talk about it, but I feel like I have to. Rusev, Lana, and Bobby Lashley. I can't fucking stand these three. I can't. I cannot stand Lana. I look at her face and I want to smash my, my, my head into the TV. I can't stand her. Her voice is annoying. Her personality is just obnoxious. I don't think that she is... I just don't like her. I don't, I don't like her. I don't like the way she talks. I don't like the way she uses her hands. To be honest, she's to me, I think she's trashy. I, that's just me. She comes out with barely any clothes on. She uses her hands. Her heels are off. She's ready to fight someone. It's just, I don't like her. My opinion, that's all. Rusev, I was a huge fan with Aiden English when the whole Rusev Day thing was going on. I thought he had a bright future. He won the United States title. I thought more was to come from that. Maybe a title, uh, a tag team title in English. They fucking killed that. Now he's just obnoxious. And Lashley. Lashley was last relevant in like 2007, 2006. Actually, no. Lashley was last relevant when he was the world heavyweight champion and Impact Wrestling. Plain and simple. He's had bullshit title runs with the Intercontinental Championship in WWE. He had Leo Rush by his side. I don't think WWE wants him by himself. I think that he can't get over by himself. He had Leo Rush as a mouthpiece. He got injured right after that. Left. Came back with Lana. Another mouthpiece. I don't care for these three. I think this storyline is just ridiculous at this point no one cares now I do have to give them credit because they are doing the best that they can with the storyline the fact that everyone is so emotional like I am right now and hates it so much and hates them just proves that they are doing a good job now this storyline does work we see a current love triangle in Impact Wrestling with Ace Austin Eddie Edwards and Alicia Edwards the Ace Austin's trying to uh, take Eddie Edwards' wife and similar situation b- without the pregnancy bullshit because that's just, it's obnoxious. You can't, unless they're really pregnant, you can't really use that storyline. It's just, it's stupid. But I just don't care for Rusev, Lana, and Blashley. Now on Impact Wrestling, I do care for Eddie Edwards and Ace Austin. I think they are phenomenal talent. I think Ace Austin is a future... I know he's the Triple X champion right now, the XXX division champion. A lot of credit to that kid. He's a future champion, either in Impact or if he goes anywhere else. Lashley and Rusev, who cares about them anymore? Who cares? Seriously, end this storyline. Let everyone get on with their day. Let everyone get on with their Rusev day. Because quite frankly, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's not Rusev Day, it's Doomsday. Because this storyline is complete trash. Now I want to go on to talk about the shining stars in professional wrestling now. And I just said shining stars with my hands up in the air because that's exactly how I feel about this next topic. AEW full gear. Every damn match on that card was fantastic. Fantastic. Top to bottom, the buy-in matches all the way to the main event. Everything. Fantastic. The inner circle, I have to say, dominated the elite. They dominated them on the, on the Dynamite shows prior to this event. They dominated them at the event. And they will probably dominate on Wednesday when Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, les champion of AEW, challenge for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Now... I hope not. I hope Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian retain their tag team titles. But the way it's looking, I don't think we're gonna see that happen. I think the inner circle is gonna collect all the gold. They're gonna be the Les Champions, Le Double Champion in Chris Jericho, the double champion, going forward in AEW. Now speaking of Chris Jericho, the GOAT, Le Champion, like I keep saying, Cody their match was great. It was fantastic. One of the best matches of the entire night, but I expected more. And I'm not being unappreciative of the, what they put into that match. Cody being injured, you know, hurting his rib, busting his face fucking open, diving onto the stage. It was a, it was a phenomenal match. Both put on Jericho even said in a press release after that, that was probably one of the best matches of his entire career. Cody putting on a clinic, a wrestling clinic, the two of them. But I did expect more from that match. I expected a clean win. I know that we knew that MJF was eventually going to turn heel. It's been very, very predictable as of late. Uh, It should have happened a few weeks later. Let's... MGF throw in the towel. And I heard on Busted Open, and I have to give credit where it's due. Bully Ray has one of the best minds in professional wrestling. And what he said about this match honestly gave me goosebumps because that's exactly what should have happened. And the fact that it gave me goosebumps is what proves that it was the right call. Instead of MGF throwing in the towel, Bully went on to say that MGF should have thrown in his scarf. uh, symbolizing a towel. Now, after he turned heel, he should have wiped Cody's blood with that scarf. And now, going forward, he wears that scarf. He wears Cody's blood on that scarf like a trophy, like something he did. That makes him. That makes his career in AEW. That puts him as the top heel in the company, wearing his former best friend Cody Rhodes' blood on his scarf that's what should have happened. And I completely agree with Bully right. But I also have to say that I don't think that that heel turn should have happened then. I think that MGF should have thrown in the towel, thrown in the scarf, and try to make himself, uh, over the next few weeks, make it up to Cody. And, and kind, of, kind of costing people matches against Cody. Kind of making Cody look bad, in a way. Costing, helping him get wins. And Cody kind of getting... Pissed with MJF. And that's where we see MJF turn heel. That's where we see MJF saying you're a selfish bastard. You are unappreciative of our friendship. And it kind of can debate at that point who is right and who is wrong. You get fans behind MJF. You get fans behind Cody. Although MJF is the heel, you got fans cheering on both sides. And that's how you get that story over. I tweeted it out during or actually before the start of the show I said this match goes one of two ways one Cody Rhodes defeats Chris Jericho becomes the AEW world champion leading to a future heel turn from MJF and now those two put on a fantastic storyline for a while two Cody loses MJF either interferes or he's not involved whatever MJF turns on Cody for being a loser after the match Either way, whatever happens, we get a Cody versus MJF storyline, which is why I said it was predictable. But I'm glad we're getting it. I'm glad we're going to see MJF versus Cody. Now, it kind of looks really bad for Cody right now in AEW. Everybody's turning on him, only a few months off of his best friend, Sean Spears, turning on him, which is why I didn't want to see MJF turn heel this quick because it's just the same storyline. With a different person. And I don't want to see Cody continue to be in storylines where people just turn on him. Because then that just is not exciting anymore. Just like it wasn't as exciting now than before when we saw Sean Spears turn. Now, the main event of the show, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, the lights out unsanctioned match. Unfucking believable. Now, I'm not a huge fan of violent wrestling of, of hardcore wrestling. I love it. But I'm just not a fan. It's not what I expect to see all the time. I loved ECW when it was around, but I wasn't a fan. I wasn't as big a fan of that as I am of a match, let's just say Kenny Omega versus Okada. I'm more of a fan of that type of wrestling, of real professional wrestling. But this match needed to go there, it needed to be this. It needed to get to this point. It needed to conclude with this type of match. We saw John Moxley put Kenny Omega through a glass table. We saw barbed wire uh, baseball bats, barbed wire mops brought into the picture. We saw weapons brought in. It had to go there. Now, people are, are talking shit about this match, complaining, bitching, moaning like they typically are. The fickle fans of professional wrestling. This is where Moxley is his best. Hardcore wrestling violence. That is what John Moxley is. Now, Kenny Omega needed to go here to diversify his character. We always see him in chain wrestling matches. Like I said, matches against Okada. Matches against Chris Jericho. Fantastic wrestling matches. But he needed to be in something other than a wrestling match. He needed to be in a fight. And that's exactly what happened. We saw a different side of Kenny Omega scraping the back of John Moxley with that barbed wire covered mop, bring it telling the elite to bring out that barbed wire spider web, whatever the fuck that was, someone we've never seen before. The mouse traps. Different aspects of that match that we typically don't see from Kenny Omega. I think he needed to go there to diversify his character in AEW. I think that John Moxley needed to show how violent he can be. Especially after the fantastic unscripted promos we've seen, but at the end of the night, John Moxley got the win. Uh, the paradigm shift on the wood, taking away the mats on the ring in the ring. Great match, great match. I love that match. And you know what? People who talk shit about John Moxley and, Ken, and, and Kenny Omega, uh, not putting on a wrestling match but putting on a, a street fight. Uh, an unsanctioned hardcore match. You can go fuck yourself. You know why? Because there are Hall of Famers like Terry Funk, Mick Foley, who are known for that type of wrestling, and they are some of the best wrestlers that have ever lived. So for people to complain about this match, it's just for them to complain. Sit back, shut the fuck up, and enjoy the wrestling product. You get rock- you get fucking wrestling every day of the goddamn week. Shut your mouth. Sit down. Eat your popcorn, sip your soda, you fat loser, and enjoy what the world of professional wrestling is giving you. Sorry, I had to go there, but these fans are so damn fickle. It's just, it's unbelievable at this point. These, These men put their bodies on the line for you to sit behind a keyboard and say, I didn't like it. It wasn't good. It's not what I want. More blood. I want to see you go do that. You wouldn't, because you're a loser. I'm excited to see what we're going to see on Wednesday. There's a lot of fallout from that match. Like I said, we have tag team championship match. By the way, Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, defending those tag team titles like every other day, it seems like. So I am glad to see we have fighting champions throughout AEW. Now, regarding the NXT side of things, we still have some things to, to discuss. We have some things, some spots to fill in regarding war games. We have uh, Team Shayna Baszler versus Team Rhea Ripley. Shayna Baszler has one spot left. I said last week, I think it's going to be a heel turn by Dakota Kai. I would love to see that. Or it could be a returning superstar uh, back to NXT like Nia Jax has proposed. We also have an open spot on the men's side. Uh, the Undisputed Era taking on Tommaso Ciampa. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and somebody else. We don't know who it can be. I predicted it's going to be Velveteen Dream, but it's still reported he's out with a back injury. So who else can take that spot? There's a lot of questions regarding as to what's going to happen with War Games. Hopefully we get some answers this week on NXT. I would love to see that. Or maybe we're going to have to wait until the night of WarGames to, f- to find out who these surprise entrants, who these surprise tag team partners are going to be. One match I am looking forward to, Tomorrow night on NXT is the Cruiserweight Championship between Angel Garza and Leo Rush. That has that's a match that has been brewing for a few weeks. We saw Leo Rush out on commentary a few weeks back uh during a match of Angel Garza's. Angel Garza getting way over with the crowd. Same goes for Leo Rush. We haven't really seen Leo Rush in action in NXT since he won the title. We've seen him on 205 Live. And I love the diversity of how they're mixing the NXT talent with the 205 Live roster. But I do have to say I have not, and this is on me, I haven't watched 205 Live in a few weeks. It hasn't really been promoted as it used to be. I thought maybe they were going to be canceling that show. It's not really talked about as much. But I do want to see more of 205 Live. I I, I wish that they would kind of promoted as a second, the second show of NXT in a way, like AEW does with AEW Dark. But I am excited to see what happens tomorrow during AEW Dynamite, during NXT, but that's tomorrow night, and I want to talk about tonight, Tuesday night. I always say it's the most underrated night in professional wrestling. And that starts at 6 p.m. with NWA Power. The fallout of what we saw last week. Colt Boom Boom Cabana becoming the new NWA national champion. Defeating James Storm in a fantastic match. We see the top of the show going to start with a tag team title match. Followed at 7 o'clock with AEW Dark. I'm not typically. I'm not sure what matches we're going to see on that show, but uh, it's AEW, and I'm excited to watch it. So, AEW Dark at 7 o'clock. 8 p.m. on Twitch, or if your cable provider has it, Access TV. Impact Wrestling. I'm going to talk about Impact Wrestling in a little while because there's a lot to talk about. But Impact Wrestling, if you haven't watched it, get your ass on Twitch. Stop being a bitch and get on Twitch and watch... Impact Wrestling, because that show in a year from now, I'm telling you, is going to be the talk of the town. They're already taking shots at AEW. They're already taking shots at WWE because they know just how damn good they are. Impact Wrestling at 8 p.m. tonight. Now at 10 p.m., if you're interested in that kind of thing, Total Divas. uh, I watch it, and I'm not afraid to say that I watch it. Just because I like to see the development of the women superstars who don't necessarily get TV time, like Sonya Deville, people like Carmella, uh, and even Ronda Rousey, just because she hasn't been around for a while now, just to see what you know is going on in her life. So, Total Divas, 10 p.m. and tonight, 11 p.m. On FS1, we have WWE Backstage. We're going to have Mick Foley on there. The NXT champion, Adam Bay, is going to be on tonight as a special guest. And I have to say, I do enjoy WWE Backstage. I love the promo school uh, segment they do with different celebrities and athletes. Let them cut promos on WWE superstars. I love this show. I love how real Renee Young is. I do love how real Paige is. Uh, she's always bashing on Seth Rollins. It's fantastic. Christian giving a Christian giving a real genuine side, uh, a backside of the business that we don't necessarily always hear from. Booker T, honestly, you are a fan- you are a fantastic performer, two-time Hall of Famer, whatever. But I think he needs to go from that show. I think we need someone like a JBL. I think either even uh, JBL or like a Mick Foley. To take his spot, we need a WWE Hall of Famer on that panel that can speak and is up to date. Because I don't think that Booker T is currently uh, up to speed with today's present generation of wrestling. He's up to date, but when he talks, he kind of feels I, I, I kind of feel like he's bullshitting what he's talking about, and it's not necessarily uh, direct information. It's more generalized information. So I definitely think we need to replace him with somebody like JBL, uh, Mick Foley, someone who's up to date with all different wrestling. Now, I always make a plan, a list of how, what order I'm going to go in when I'm talking about certain topics, but I'm just, I always jump around. And right now, I'm going to j- do just that. I want to talk about Survivor Series, the matches that we have announced thus far. Uh, we have the triple threat women's, uh, the women's championship. Uh, sorry, the women's champions match. We have the NXT women's champion, Shannon Baszler. Baszler taking on the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey. taking on the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. We have the triple threat tag team match between the NXT tag team champions, the undisputed era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. We have them taking on the SmackDown tag team champions, the new SmackDown tag team champions, the new day, Big E and Kofi Kingston taking on the Raw tag team champions, the Viking Raiders. That leads to the Raw Raw, uh, Raw vs. SmackDown vs. NXT, traditional Survivor Series matchup. Team Raw being Seth Rollins, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, and Drew McIntyre. Like I said before, a stacked freaking team. Now, we did see two additions on Friday Night SmackDown to the women's SmackDown team. Carmella and Dana Brooke picking up the win over Fire and Desire. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. Carmella and Dana Brooke being added to the SmackDown women's uh, team which will be captained, uh, captained by The Boss, The Blueprint, Sasha Banks. Now, we also have the WWE Championship match between Brock Lesnar and, and Rey Mysterio. We did not see anything from those two on Monday Night Raw, so expect to see more uh, next week and in the upcoming weeks. But I am excited to see... Uh, Who gets added to the the SmackDown team because SmackDown hasn't really done much in this whole invasion angle. It started with NXT invading SmackDown and then on Raw, we saw NXT invade Raw. Now, we haven't really seen SmackDown make any invasion, which leads me to think that SmackDown is going to win the war of the brands at Survivor Series, especially being on Fox. You know, they want to push that brand as to the top as they possibly can. Now we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about everything Impact Wrestling, what I did, and what I was a part of this past Thursday at Melville's Ballroom in New York City, and I was in the ring with Rhino and Tanil Dashwood. We're going to talk about all of that when we come right back after this. What's up, Angle fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At The Angle Radio for your full all-access backstage pass to everything pro wrestling. Once again, that's At The Angle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to the studio. Welcome back to The Angle. I am your host, Joey Carney. And right now, we're going to jump into everything Impact Wrestling. On Thursday, this past week, I was at Melrose Ballroom with Impact Wrestling celebrating what was labeled as ODB Appreciation Night. Now, if you don't know... What happened uh, with the situation surrounding ODB? Well, first of all, ODB, a former Knockouts champion, one of the greatest knockouts in Impact Wrestling in TNA history. Uh, Her food truck business was burnt down, and all the proceeds from Thursday's and Friday's tapings went to restoring her truck, which was a great, great thing done by Impact Wrestling. And I have to say, I was a fan of TNA years ago. Who wasn't they had Kurt Angle Christian Sting Hulk Hogan Eric Bischoff the Hardy Boys all of our favorites over the years made their way to to TNA wrestling TNA impact wrestling and Along the way It all faded They nearly went out of business and I give that company all of the respect and credit in the world because guess what today They are alive and they are hard to kill because Impact Wrestling is on their way to becoming one of the best wrestling organizations that there is. They're taking shots at AEW. They're taking shots at WWE. They would not be doing that if they did not believe in the product that they are putting out. There are so many great athletes, men and women, in Impact Wrestling that I had never even heard of until this past Thursday. I'm so impressed with what I saw. I brought my friend uh, who you've seen on the show, Bobby Thompson from GNT Sports Talk, and I brought my dad. My dad is someone... Actually, both. I have to say Bobby and my dad, both. They are learning more about wrestling, obviously with the AEW war with WWE, but they are typically uh, WWE fans. They're not hardcore wrestling fans, but they know things about WWE. That's kind of it. They don't know anything about Impact, MLW, anything like that. They're WWE guys. That's it. They're your typical uh, your typical wrestling sideline fan. And after that show, they looked at me and they're like, holy shit. This was impressive. My dad said it was better than any other WWE event he's ever been to. Bobby agreed. It was just, it was so amazing. I, w- I was so impressed. We sat front row. I literally had Brian K. just spit on my shoe. That's how close we were. If you you didn't check out our Twitter page and our Instagram page, both at The Angle Radio, we posted pictures and videos of things that we saw, matches, entrances, uh, everything. It was just a fun time. But what I really enjoyed, and it's something that nobody really talks about, and it's something that nobody really knows other than people who've seen them live. Impact Wrestling, they are a family. The way they run that show, they're family. I saw Josh Matthews, a commentator, help helping set up the ring. Not set up the ring, but put up the Access TV logos. I saw the superstars all on the ramp. All the champions posing for pictures before the event started. All hanging out, being cool with each other. I saw... Uh, the ring announcer trying to get the fans involved the 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 ringside producer raising her hands trying to get everybody involved impact wrestling chants going not a big crowd under 200 people at that at the tapings I was at but they were diehard wrestling fans they were diehard impact wrestling fans there's such a loyal fan base there a lot of people especially with the financial issues and the things that impact had going on you know anybody else would have left look at wwe they're having a bad product and everyone's just already jumping ship to aew like it's like wwe meant nothing to them impact wrestling fans are sticking it out man and i i give that company and its fans all the credit in the world i have to say after what i experienced on thursday i am one of those impact wrestling fans and this show is going to be more about Impact Wrestling. I'm going to be tweeting more about Impact Wrestling. I'm going to be attending more things from Impact Wrestling because I just respect the hell out of that company. I respect the the roster that they have. I respect everything about it. It's just a different experience I've been used to being a wrestling fan. And I'm glad to see them you know, starting fresh and gaining some momentum. And next year is going to be a huge year for them guaranteed you know what no that's not a guarantee that's a fucking spoiler impact wrestling is going to be a big time player in 2020 now if you didn't see on my twitter page and that's uh that's the only place i posted it unfortunately but i was able to step in the ring with rhino and to neil dashwood i got to talk to them a little bit pose for pictures we had a little five minute conversation uh rhino was talking actually when i stepped into the ring rhino asked if uh if if he could, if he was going to be involved in our picture, and I looked at him and I said, "Of course you're going to be involved in it. How can I not take a picture with you?" And he's like, "Well, man, don't yell at me," just you know, playing around with me. And he started telling me stories about Heath Slater and different superstars. Uh, something that went along the lines of someone yelling at him like that. It was just funny. Tennille Dashwood uh, asking to take multiple pictures because she didn't like the ones we had. She was flipping through filters. It was just a fun time. Uh, we got to talk about wrestling. Uh, I told Tanil that she was my favorite women's performer in WWE when she was Emma, how I believe she started her and Paige started the women's revolution, the revolution. Uh she was thrilled to, you know, hear that. Rhino, I was talking about uh, you know, his transition from WWE back to impact wrestling. There was just a lot of talk, a lot of interesting, uh valuable wrestling content that came out of that five-minute conversation if you didn't see the videos if you didn't see the pictures you could check me out at the angle radio on both instagram and twitter that's where i posted all that stuff but it was just a fun time i got to see some of my favorites in impact i got to see brian cage sammy callahan the hall of famer ken shamrock 55 years old and better shape than most people in wrestling today the guy is just a fucking monster i saw the rascals I saw probably one of my favorite Impact superstars, the XXX division champion, the ace, Austin Ace. That guy is, I, I said it before, he's the future of this business. 22 years old. Before Impact actually started on Thursday, I was in a backstage hallway. I was actually with Chris Sabin, which is pretty cool. I, I was with, uh, sorry, I was with Chris Sabin, Dilo Brown, Josh Matthews, uh, a few other people, Michael Eldon. Elgin and uh, Ace Austin came down the stairs and I just looked at him and was like holy shit this guy's got star rain all over him all over him 22 years old I after I got when I got home I, I I looked him up on YouTube I was watching all his stuff this kid can go man he is the future of professional wrestling it's only a matter of time before I think WWE offers him a contract which I don't know if he'll ever take but that kid is the future of professional wrestling I'm Telling you, it's not a guarantee. It's a goddamn spoiler. Ace Austin, the future of wrestling. Now, if you didn't catch them on Twitch or wherever you can, wherever you watch or Impact Plus, wherever you watch your Impact Wrestling, we had Turning Point and No Surrender this past weekend. Both events extremely, extremely eventful. A lot of action, a lot of great matches, uh, a lot of title defenses. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was flipping through as I was watching AEW Full Gear. You know, one thing about all this wrestling that I do have to say is the downfall is that they all kind of overlap sometimes, and it's difficult as a wrestling fan when you want to watch it all. You know, when I'm watching on Wednesdays, I love watching NXT, but I also love watching AEW, and it's very difficult to watch both. Now, if AEW were to go head-to-head with Monday Night Raw, fine with me. I don't have to fucking watch Raw at all. I'll watch all day AEW. If it's on Friday, same thing. I'll watch AEW over SmackDown. Now, I love NXT, and I love, like I said, AEW, so it's difficult sometimes. That's what exactly what happened Saturday when I was trying to watch the Impact Wrestling uh, events alongside AEW Full Gear. But I was able to watch all of it, and we're talking about it all now. And as a professional wrestling fan, I couldn't ask for more. Everything is just going very smoothly in both you know, Impact Wrestling and AEW I'm excited to see what happens next now something I want to highlight that we had last night watching Monday Night Raw We at the angle experienced yet another milestone and it's only because of you. It's only because of the fans we hit 1,000 followers 1,000 subscribers 1,000 fans 1,000 members of the angle family and like I said, it's only because of you and this only happens because of you. It's incredible. We started this show back in August, four months. We're already surpassing a thousand followers, subscribers, members of the Engel family. And I just want to take a quick second and say, thank you so much that this show is my baby. I took my love and my passion and mixed it with my life and put everything I had into this show And I always say, this is not just a show, it's a brand. The Angle is a brand. I want to brand this as the best place to be if you're a professional wrestling fan. It's not just to sit down and listen. I want you to engage. I want you to talk. I want you to speak your mind. I want you to be heard where you're not like places like WWE. I want everyone to feel welcomed. Whether you're an AEW fan, whether you're a WWE fan, whether you're an MLW fan, whether you're a... Impact wrestling fan, whether you are a fucking New Japan pro wrestling fan, I want all of us to sit together in this wrestling community and build together and just grow, because that is just such a cool fucking thing, man. It's so cool. I was tweeting last night, you know, telling people that we're trying to get to a thousand followers, and I had people I don't even know, people that, that their profiles are all about AEW, all about WWE, all about New Japan, and they're getting together, helping us get to 1,000, retweeting, liking, and commenting back, posting tweets, let's help the Angle get to 1,000. Let's have them get past 2,000 now. It's just so cool when you see people come together. It's an idea that we don't typically see in today's generation throughout society, and I wish that we would. And hopefully, the wrestling community can kind of show the rest of the world how things need to be done. But again, I want to thank everybody who has been a part of this Huge milestone, Uh, 1,000 followers, 1,000 fans of The Angle. Just incredible how fast we're growing. And I am going to start putting out questions, uh, which will be, the answers will be read or the responses will be read on Thursday's show. And I'll just ask you right here, I want to know what you love most about this show, whether it's how we engage with our fans, whether it's the content we talk about on this show, whether it's our live tweeting sessions that go through every show in professional wrestling, I wanna know what you love most about The Angle, even if it's just my voice, not to get on, put myself on a pedestal there, but it could be an option. I wanna know. I'm gonna put it out on Twitter, but if you're listening to this right now, tweet me at The Angle Radio and let me know what you love most about this show. We will read the responses out on Thursday, and it's only a way for us to grow and grow together. Now, if you haven't already, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you enjoy podcasts, the angle there, the angle is there waiting for you. And specifically on Apple Podcasts, we are trying to grow. We're trying to rank ourselves higher than we are right now. So if you can take a quick 10 seconds, give us a five star review and write something about the show. And we will read your review out on the show. We'll shout you out. We'll do whatever we can to make you feel like a freaking superstar. We'll send you some merchandise. We'll give you the option. You can either get some Angle merchandise. We'll give you some WWE merchandise, some AEW merchandise, maybe even some Impact Wrestling merchandise. Whatever you want, we'll send you. As long as you help us out, leave a five-star review, write something cool about the show, shout you out. That's simple, man. takes 10 seconds, and you're doing more for us than you can ever imagine. Now, before we end today's show, I do want to just highlight once again upcoming events that we have going on here at The Angle. We're going to be doing a live pre-show before Survivor Series on Sunday, November 24th. We haven't decided a time yet, but like I said, I will keep you updated on all social media platforms as to when that will be going down. We like to do a pre-show, a live pre-show before every event, not just WWE, but AEW, Impact Wrestling, whatever it may be. We are going to do a pre-show going forward for every major pay-per-view event. Now, we do have some YouTube series, new uh, YouTube original series in the works. One regarding escaping the Bray Wyatt, the Fiend Bray Wyatt. One, another one including the 24-7 Championship. Just some more fun, entertaining content for you, the fans, to enjoy. Like I said, we're not just a podcast. We are a brand. We want to brand this thing as the greatest spot to be in professional wrestling. The ultimate pro wrestling hangout spot. Stay tuned for tonight NWA Power, 6 p.m., AEW Dark at 7 p.m., we have Impact Wrestling at 8 p.m., 10 p.m., we have Total Divas, and 11 p.m., WWE Backstage. Tomorrow night, we have the AEW AEW Dynamite versus NXT, the Wednesday Night Wars. Thursday, our next show, like I said, we're going to be reading all the comments from you guys. We're going to be talking about everything that's happening from tonight until Thursday. Man, I could sit here all day and talk about professional wrestling. I love it so much, and I know you do too. You can tweet us at The Angle Radio, anything you want to talk about regarding professional wrestling. Stay tuned for more information regarding times of our next shows. And I always like to leave this show on a positive note. And I always like to say, what a fucking time it is to be a professional wrestling fan. There is no better time for wrestling fans than there is right now. Again, I want to thank everybody for helping us get to that 1,000 follower, 1,000 subscriber, 1,000 member of the Angle family milestone where it's only up from here. Thank you so much. We'll see you on Thursday. For now, I'm your host, Joey Carney. This has been The Angle. And before you go, remember that The Angle is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Rate us and leave a review, and we'll read it live on the air. See you on the next episode.